Our two psalms today go hand in hand. They're both individual psalms of lament that ask God to deliver David from evil men and to help guard his own heart from evil ways. Psalm 140 places David in the midst of wickedness, violence, and venom. David is the helpless victim as he's hunted down and ensnared by the pursuing enemy. But David doesn't fight back. He doesn't hack away at all the snakes or lift a sword against his enemies. Instead, he goes to God in prayer. Our first instinct when we find ourselves in similar situations is to get up and do something about it. Now, surely David was a man of action, but what made David a man after God's own heart was that he never acted without first consulting God. Israel's first king, Saul, was often impatient with God's timing and decided to take matters into his own hands. What would strike most of the world as being decisive, as being a man of action, was actually a lack of faith on Saul's part. David, on the other hand, trusted in God to the point where he would do nothing without first understanding God's will. It's a lesson that we should all take to heart. When provided with opportunities, good or evil, to live a nicer life, to do something incredible, to eliminate that enemy once and for all, we need to stop long enough to pray to God and determine the best course of action by his standards. David, in verses 7 through 11, prays for his enemies to receive their just desserts and leaves it at that. He trusts in God's justice, concluding in verses 12 through 13, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and will execute justice for the needy. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Now, Psalm 141 is the introspective twin to Psalm 140. There's an abundance of shared vocabulary between the two, but David is no longer worried about other people's wickedness, but his own. In Psalm 140 verse 4, David prays that God might guard him from his enemies. But now, in Psalm 141, verse 3, David asks that a guard be set on his own mouth. He's worried about his own evil inclinations and prays that a righteous man might strike him so that he would learn to do good. Now, verses 6 through 7 are somewhat of a translator's nightmare. Without getting into all the textual issues, there is a debate about who is being thrown down the cliff, who is listening to David, and whose bones are scattered at the mouth of Sheol. A possible interpretation of these verses is that the wicked judges are overthrown in verse 6, and now the people that they ruled over can listen to the words of David who speaks good things. It is then the bones of these judges who are scattered in shale, but take all that with a grain of salt. So Psalms 140 and 141 remind us that it's easy to see the speck in our brother's eyes while ignoring the log in our own. But when we read descriptions of God's enemies— we should always remember that we're just as sinful as they are. They weren't given to us as examples so that we could feel self-righteous about ourselves. They were given as examples so that we could see ourselves as we really are. Psalm 140 describes the enemies that surround us. But Paul quotes it in Romans chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, as he accuses the entire world of sin, not just the people who attack us. So as we read scripture, we should always invite God's righteous rebukes so that we can pass through life safely.